Hey, this is Reza. This is Sandy. Welcome to the Stone Cold Sober Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. last episode we covered what Reza had been up to over Thanksgiving break uh, up till now and now it's, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I was up to uh, during the same time. Uh, Carolyn and I went to India uh, for a, a friend's wedding. My friend Anand got married in India and along with a few friends uh, we all sort of hopped to to India to to help celebrate. Nothing like I just hopped. Yeah, on right. That's, uh, as you, as I tell you more, it's really that couldn't be more accurate because I was only on the ground for three and a half days before I came back, and so it was just one wow. of those things where uh, it really was quick. It, not only does it really go quick, but you know we just didn't have the time i think to to stay too long uh in india this time around this also is the same sort of you know very similarly the reason why i went to india in 2014 uh was was the last time i had uh, a visa god was it then yeah that was 24 you talked about that that trip on the podcast and i was wondering did your visa still was it still good because I, I wasn't sure, but I was pretty sure it was 10 years, right? It, uh, no, I was supposed to be 10 years. Oh, no. But uh, the person in the visa office screwed it up and only gave me a one year. According to them, it was a, uh, a administrative error. And so I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, it's not so much the cost. It's like... My 10-year visa, it should have been still good, uh, but no matter. It's not that big a deal. It's fine. It's just it's just a small sort of like frustrating thing, I'll say. But uh, so the, the whole trip, you know, uh, Earl went, uh, my friend Nipun went, uh, and so we're flying out on the Wednesday uh, before Thanksgiving, uh, but I had gone so like the week the way the week worked which is super crazy this was like the most amount of travel i've done in quite a bit of time which was on monday morning okay on monday morning i uh i fly to boston for work uh okay and i take the 6 a.m flight and so I, I, the reason why i did that was because i wanted to see how quickly i could get to the airport at sort of that time of day. Uh, normally the way I get to, up to Boston is I take a train and the fastest train is a three hour Acela train, but you gotta factor in taking the subway to the train, waiting for the train to go. You're assuming there's no delays on the train. And so like all in is about five hours, right? Right. Uh, so so it, it's still, you know, it's still a good amount of time. Uh, the issue there was, you know, I'm still pretty run ragged. Is there a faster way? 
uh, that we can get to Boston. And so that was the, the main trip. So my friend Napoon, has, who used to do uh, this, uh, this trip quite a bit, said, all right, if it's a 6 a.m. flight and it boards at 5.20, you realistically can wake up at 5 o'clock, get in a cab by 5.05, get to the airport by 5.20, through security by 5.30 and you're basically at the gate by 5, like 5.40 or whatever and you're totally fine. It's like, oh, that's okay. good to know. But me, in my travel anxiety ridden body, I woke up <laughs> right. at 4.30 yep. Yep. because I'm like, there's no way I'm going to miss this. You know what I mean? Right. And so right. started there uh, and waiting, waiting, waiting. I called the uh, Uber at like 4.45 and I was basically at the airport by like 5 o'clock, like a 15-minute car ride. There was nobody on the, on the, on the road, right? Uh, right. I do think though that – and I, you know, I, I, well, I'll keep going. So I get to the airport, get through um, pre-check. Most people are in, are in the pre-check line at this time. It's like all business travelers. So it's one of the rare moments where there's like more people in the pre-check line than it, there is in the regular line. But we make it through. I get on the plane. I take a short nap. We land in Boston. Uh, we land in Boston at 7. So it's like a 40-minute flight. And then I hop in a cab. There's a little bit of uh, rush hour traffic getting to the office, but... Get to the office by like I want to say eight o'clock, like you know, getting off the plane and getting to a car, waiting for the car. So, all in all, a little bit shorter of a time, but I was up since four thirty. And there's something about being up at four thirty that really like f- sort of messes your day up. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> something about something it. about being yeah. up at four thirty, and then so. Uh, I think if I did it more frequently, I might have the confidence to like wake up a little bit later. The other thing is Carolyn had just gotten back from her bachelorette party, and so we were catching uh, up, and we didn't go to bed until like 12.30. And so I basically had a little less than four hours of sleep uh, to wake up at 4.30, to get on a flight, to work all day, to you know, and all that stuff. And so uh, I also... Um, I uh, met up with uh, my friend who who lives in Boston, so I didn't you know go to bed until eleven. So like that was like one of the longer days I'll say that I've had in a long time. I was basically up for like nineteen hours, and then I gave a presentation at work on that Tuesday. Uh, fly back Tuesday night. I didn't get home until I want to say like eight or nine. Caught up with Carolyn for a little bit, uh, and then I had to get a lot of work done because I was going away to India. And so I wanted to make sure that all of my designs were done and giving the engineers some something to, sort of to work on. So I like, I'm telling you, dude, at 10 o'clock, we have a, this uh, DeLonghi Nespresso maker. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't have like the full espresso machine that you might have uh, with all yeah. the cranks and the bells and the whistles and the steam and all that <laughs> stuff. But we have, right, right. Uh, you know, we have the Nespresso pod thing. I'm also going to get a, uh, a nice drip coffee maker. Uh, I have a French press and I may invest in a Chemex at some point Um, but Chemex is like a little too much for me you know that pour over method is not something I'm too interested in Uh, yeah just because like 
I don't know. I, I don't derive pleasure from like making the coffee that way, I'll say. Yeah. I can appreciate I the flavor and all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, eh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm okay to just like French press it or, 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 or otherwise. And so I made a double shot and it worked till three in the morning. And then basically put myself in a position where on the Friday, we our flight was at 11 p.m. So just like, you know, slowly packing and getting ready and all that stuff. And so you remember when we flew out to Brazil, that traffic that we hit, it was like a two-hour car oh, ride. And we basically horrible. We almost missed check-in. Yeah, if they, yeah, they literally walked us through security. Yeah. That was pre, pre-pre-check days for us. Yeah. Uh, and so... Something similar, sort of, not, I don't want to say it happened here, but we were supposed to meet up with Earl and Ellen for dinner at JFK because we wanted to get a nice meal in and then pass out. Uh, but the uh, tr- the car ride was so long that we ended up getting uh, you know to the airport way later than anticipated. And then the line to check in, which is, you know, it's one of these like flights where people are going back to back home to India. So everyone's got like 10 large bags that they're checking in. It was like right. one of those like looping lines. And so we get in and then in the middle of the line, uh, our friend Ellen was like, you know, Earl's wife. She tells us, hey, you have to fill in this like self-declaration called an air suvida. And if you don't do it, by the time you get to the check-in counter, they're going to ask you to step aside and then fill it in. So it's like, oh, God, okay, let's just do this right now. Hmm. So thankfully we got it done. It took us forever to get our bags checked, and then it took forever because there was no pre-check. They closed the pre-check line, which I didn't know was possible. So we're in the regular security line. The regular security line, people are like – it's still dumbfounding to me that it's 2023 – or 2022, we're recording this in the future. Um, so like people were like, I didn't know I couldn't walk through security with metal on my body. It's like, oh, you walk through security. What is that? Oh, I'm sorry. I have nine quarters in my pocket. I didn't know that I had to take that out. And I was like, oh, I didn't know I had to take this big ass chain off. It's like, what are we doing? It's 2022. You know what you right. can and can't do. Um, but it's also me being really privileged about having air travel. Whatever. So we get through it, and then by this time, we finally make it to the gate, and there's like 30 minutes left. It's like, all right, fine. So we didn't eat. Carolyn got some McDonald's. I wasn't going to eat McDonald's before a flight. That would actually run right through me. The last That's the last thing I need to experience <laughs> on, a, on a bathroom. On oh, the airplane. On an airplane. I'd be that guy. They'd be like, sir, no. No, none of that. Um, yeah. And and so we get on the plane. It's an emergency. Yeah, right. You don't understand. They're gonna emergency land and kick me off the flight. Like, <laughs> sir, you are a bioweapon. I was like, yeah, my bad. That was McDonald's. Um, my bad for getting a quarter pounder with cheese before a flight. Um, but we get on the flight. It's a it's a long haul sort of like you know, Airbus three thirty. It's the Emirates Airbus. So. Uh, business class and first class are upstairs. They have a wood panel. They have a full working bar. We're sitting in in coach uh, or in economy, uh, and the layout of the seats is three four three, 
so we're on the side, the three seed side. Now, granted, Emirates was okay. great. Uh, one of the best economy flying experiences. Large screen, good food. Uh, they always have a vegetarian option because if you're, you know, obviously, uh, not only is it, you know, you can get halal uh, or uh, uh, other stuff, but they're they're very vegetarian friendly, and so that, that's yeah. definitely like one of the nicer things about that airline. Uh, but the flight to Dubai was 12 hours, long flight. I saw the movies Nope and Bullet Train. Uh, nope was okay. I'm not going to really get into it in, uh, in this uh, recording, but it was okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I did. I will say that the, the final, that, that like monster thing, that alien was really cool. Uh, yeah, it was. It was. was. Especially when it like unfurled into like the, the massive ribbon thing. Like, right. like, like the final formed, you know, that was really cool. Uh, Bullet Train is a hundred percent worth watching. I think you'd really appreciate that movie. It's really funny, dude. Uh, I'll have to rent it. Yeah, definitely rent it. Um, and then so we get to we get to Dubai at around I want to say like eleven p.m. or something like that. Uh, and then we get we go into a lounge, and uh, we know we were able to order some food because it was all the card they weren't doing business. We, all, we each took a shower. Now, here's the thing. Uh, we checked our bags, but the bag that we kept on our person as the carry-on was our wedding clothing. So, like, our suits, our Indian outfits, and whatnot, just in case, right? But yeah. the uh, pro tip is if you should always probably carry, like, one extra set of clothing in a backpack or something, just in case, right? Because when I went to go shower, I had to put on my old clothing, and that's not good. That's not a feeling you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you try you're literally trying to get that plain funk off you. Right, right. You don't want to put the clothes back on that you just clean yourself exactly, out of. Exactly, exactly. And so, uh, you know, had the plain funk again. Uh, get on this flight to to Kochi, uh, which is in southwest India. Now we land in Kochi about four hours later. Get through security. Get through customs. Waiting for bags. And then, oh, when we get when we go to disembark, uh, on the plane we hear an announcement. Uh, Carolyn Grace, please see an Emirates attendant. So Carolyn goes, "That's my name." I go, "Uh oh, yeah. what happened?" They go, "You know, one of your bags didn't make it. It's still in Dubai." And so as we're walking, oh. we're like, "Oh God," which I, I'm really sorry to hear that your your uh, your your bag got missing. Got you got lost. But apparently it was my bag when we oh, get there, no. and so I'm like, now I'm upset. So now, <laughs> so now you got his plain funk clothes. I, all I got is plain funk clothes. clothes, dude. And so I go Yo, over to the counter. Pa- I'm so glad that you packed your your wedding clothes. Yeah. Up in in that carry on, that's clutch. That was super clutch. And so go over to the uh, like missing bags, and they go, all right, listen. The, I go, they're like, you know, we're going to try and get it to you. I go, listen, I'm only in India for three and a half days. So you, so be like level with me. Is this bag coming or not? They go, well, it ought to be on the next flight in. And I go, when's the next flight? They said tomorrow at 3 a.m. I go, oh, okay, so there's one flight a day. Uh, and so, you know, uh, when I get to the hotel afterward, which is about an hour taxi, because even though... Uh, there's no such thing as traffic laws in India where everyone's bobbing and weaving uh, and lights are a suggestion. Uh, everyone's only going about like 40 kilometers an hour, dude. 
So it's right. like everyone's just like, dude, we already, you guys aren't merging. There's no lights. Everyone's honking. It's, you know, driving like you're in Asia. <laughs> but let's like sort of floored a little bit. You know what I mean? I want to get there. But, uh, you know, get to the hotel. We, we, we freshen up a little bit. We take a ferry into town, grab some food. And then I hit up an H&M, spend about 80 bucks on like three t-shirts, a button down, uh, a pair of like khaki shorts, socks, underwear. Like, basically buying clothing just in case it doesn't show up, right? Right. Um, and then we head back. The jet lag has hit me. We get dinner with everyone. The next day, breakfast, they go, your bags are here. Fantastic. So they showed up. Just nice. Um, I wasn't going to return the clothing. That was going to be way too much effort to go back to the H&M and do that. So I was going to say, did you return the clothes? Yeah. But all right, fair enough. Uh, and then... be. Uh, I was part of the the wedding party, so I had to learn these dances. Because uh, in, in Indian wedding, there's this uh, there's a celebration called the Sangi, which happens usually the, the the day before the wedding. So like the uh, the bride and groom, their families and friends, they'll like do like these dance and performances and celebration of that person and the couple. And so when I flew out, I only had learned two out of the five dances. And then so that morning, Earl and I woke up early and we're standing by the pool and he's teaching me these dances and all of like the people, <laughs> the grounds people are like slowly coming over, like laughing at us. And they're like, oh, you're, 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 you're not bad. And I go, you know, I go, you're too kind. I'm terrible. I'm just learning. So, but it got to a point where there's people just standing there watching us and I gotta like oh, learn how to that, dance that was too much that's too much I know dude like I'm not I'm not a dancer right I don't know if that's uh, that's very like obvious to you uh, but I'm not a dancer and not well, only that neither but am I so I don't know how to dance to, uh, to like Indian songs and I have to dance in front of like perform, get ready to perform in front of like 300 people yeah uh, and so you know we, we spent the morning sort of uh preparing and practicing and then we change the clothing and then we go to another hotel which is where we're having the sangeet and the mendy the mendy is like where women get the henna done on their uh, okay. arms and so carolyn got some on her hands all everyone here uh, that we traveled with uh, all the women got some and uh it, it's really cool to see it happen because like the person who's doing it the artist is like able to create these really intricate designs in like no time uh, and so, you know, we, uh, we, uh, what's it called? We make it to the Sankeet and we're, we, we, we perform and there is a video. I think you might've seen it on Instagram. Uh, Carolyn got the entire video, uh, but she only posted a, like a, a snippet there, but there is a, she, there, the entire video is on her phone. I still don't have the guts to watch that video. Uh, I, I saw the, I saw a clip of it. You look good, dude. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And so... You know, we, we make it back. The next day is the full wedding. So it's like a three-hour sort of ceremony. Uh, and then there was a lunch. And then the, the at night, it was the, uh, what's it called? It was the, the, the Western wedding. I just realized I need to go back a little bit because I forgot a very important part to the story. When we, la- when we landed in Dubai, dude, right? And we're checking in, like, at the gate. To, to about to like you know board the next flight right there's like uh two gate agents on either side of a counter so you form two lines and you just walk in okay as i'm checking in 
I'm looking at Carolyn and the gate agent tells Carolyn, I'm going to upgrade you to business class. <laughs> and just that. she goes, just like that. yeah, just like that. We don't have status. Right. We don't have anything. I like the way you look. Let's do I it. think that's what it was, dude. I think this dude saw saw the, saw her was like, I like to cut a yo jib. Uh, and she's like, well, my fiance is right there. Can he get it? And he looks at me and goes, well, if he walks over here, I'll consider giving it to him. And I was like, this this man going to sass wow. me while he's hitting wow. on my fiance. Um, wow, dude. So he gave it to me did as well. Smack, did you smack the shit out of him? Yeah, right. Uh, and then land in a in a Dubai prison where they take away my passport and I start building the next generation soccer stadiums. Oh man, Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll make it on to Last Week Tonight uh, featuring John Oliver. Uh, But, uh... You you honestly might end up getting called into a Dubai or a a Qatari uh, embassy. uh, I know this is Turkey, but they they still still might bring you in. And then I'll just never never be never to be seen or heard from ever again. Uh, Never again. back in parts. See if you make it a four, See if you make it episode four hundred now. Yeah, right. Um, I'll use my final phone call to pick. I gotta call my buddy Rez. I gotta make a podcast. You can listen in while I record this. I'll pretend nothing's wrong. Uh, but sitting in Emirates business class was interesting because you get on. I can't believe I forgot this part. Uh, you get on the plane. The first thing they do is they walk over with a, a plate of either like fruit juice or champagne. And so Carolyn got champagne. I got some fruit juice. Um, I'll send you the photos later. But it is it was really nice. We're talking the ability to either – so the, your seat can do one of three things. And it's like fully adjustable. But the three main presets are the takeoff and landing so you're sitting fully upright. Okay. Or the middle one is like the lazy boy lounger. So you're basically sitting at 45 degrees and your legs are out. Or you lay flat. Laying flat on the airplane will never get old to me because uh, I was able to actually sleep really soundly and deeply and you're not like being bothered by someone else like leading on you or whatever. Uh, and the food was great. They come over. Uh, you sort of take out the, the tray, which is like this nice wood panel tray, uh, which is like twice the size of your regular tray. They put a white tablecloth down and they serve you with like a, a full tray of like all this food. Uh, for the breakfast that we got, you have one of three options for breakfast. You would either do the continental breakfast, which is like a basket of pastries and some coffee, or you do the main entree breakfast, which is like eggs, uh, like and two other things, or you get the express breakfast, which is just a pastry and coffee. So they just like the, I mean, and they're coming over with like unlimited alcohol and fruit juice and mocktails. You can just keep ordering as much as you want. Um, which is also when we also crazy to that we found out was the Emirates business class product is considered a lower tier experience compared to other five star airline business class products. So this was like an inadvertent surprise for us. And well, I mean, I'll say this: I'm never gonna say that you know this was a horrific, terrible experience. It was amazing. But to hear from my friends who have been like, no, no, dude, like that is, that is like a B level experience. There are other experiences that are much nicer, like the Qatar Airways Q suites that Carol and I booked for our honeymoon in January. That is, 
that is supposed to be way nicer. Uh, I'll send you a few YouTube videos about that later. Uh, and also okay. when we fly to Japan, we were flying business uh, on ANA and there they have a branded experience called the room where when you sit down, you can almost have a sliding door that you can close off to the, to the other uh, passengers. So Carol and I are going to be sort of separate in our, uh, we're going to be like extra together on the Q suites because our seats, uh, we booked the very specific seats on the Q suites uh, on Qatar Airways where not only are the two seats like next to each other, but they're facing the back of the plane. And what they can do is during turn down service, you ask them to make your bed and it basically becomes a full size bed. Right, I've seen that. Uh, yeah, so that's what we're bo- so we're we're flying that for thirteen hours to Doha. That's dope. And then another business experience from Doha to the Maldives. <clears throat> nice. So, so that was you know on our way to India, arriving in style, and then on our way out, uh, our flight was at eleven p.m. again. Oh no, sorry, it was at four thirty a.m. So a that's horrific, right? Uh, and we were staying in a part of uh, Kochi which was a man-made island, but like kind of out of the way. And I was real, I was doing some like reconnaissance, I'll say, by opening up the Uber app and realizing that like after midnight, there's not that many Ubers by us. And so I you know, was thinking, we might need to check out before midnight and just hang out at the airport. And so, you know, we, we woke up at like eight, got breakfast, Karen and I just chilled out in the room. We did a sunset cruise. We got dinner together. And then we packed. And then so we checked out of the hotel, I want to say at like 10, called an Uber. Guy showed up. There was no traffic, but it still somehow took an hour to get to the airport. We showed up to the airport at 11. Uh, and then we also, oh, and then we decided on the way back, because our connection was like a little over an hour, I'd say, that we opted to upgrade to business class. Now, this is going to sound crazy, but the business class upgrade from Kochi to Dubai, which I consider a regional flight, was only a couple hundred bucks. Uh, if we were to, if there was availability, I think the upgrade, the business class upgrade for the Dubai to JFK, like 13 and a half hour leg is like $5,000. And so we felt like, all right, not only will it help us sleep, but... It'll also help us get off the plane faster to ensure that we don't miss our connecting flight. Because if we miss our connecting flight, then we might we might have to spend that money anyways on a hotel. And so I was like, you know, or spend more money on a hotel. So I was like, all right, maybe this will be just be a precautionary thing of like, get some good sleep so we don't show up to a thirteen hour flight it was like super run down. Uh, and so we did that. We get off the, you know, when we land, they're like, oh, just kidding. You have to get on a bus on the tarmac, which is what, remember when we did that uh, in uh, in Rio, right? To get on the plane? Yeah, yeah. That, that when we almost missed a plane, even though we were there at the airport. Even though like we had the right gate? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, and so. <laughs> the one that still said New York. Yeah, right? And you're like, where were you? It's like, we were at the right gate. We were right there. You guys never we changed right it. Don't I don't. I don't speak Portuguese. Yeah, right? Miss me with this. Miss me with this. I, I never heard. I never hear New York. All right. Yeah. So we get on. So we we thankfully we make it to the connecting desk. We make it through uh, first round security. We get on the interterminal tram, 
And then we get to the gate and we're sitting there for a few minutes and then we board. Now, the last bit I'll say is we board the plane. We're sitting on the plane. The jet bridge is still connected. They're doing final call or final checks before uh, they sort of push off on the jet bridge. Then you overhear, and uh, you know they overhear the uh, the flight attendant saying she's not fit to fly. And Caroline look at each other like, "What are you talking about?" And then this young black woman is starting to walk off the plane. She, her friend, this dude is holding her bag, walking off with her. She, when she walks past us, dude, she had like that thousand mile stare. Like, I guess similar to what OB, uh, OBJ today. Did you hear that story about how he got kicked off the plane? Yes. Yeah, I saw him uh, walking off the plane. Slipping yeah. in and out of consciousness. I'm telling you, dude, she wasn't, like, teetering, per se. She was able to walk off, but, like, her eyes were, like, uh-huh. glazed over. So I just don't know if she was, like, super ill or if she was, like, on something. But uh-huh. the flight attendant saw her and was like, nope, you're... I don't know if she also wasn't complying or whatever, but she clearly was, like, called out to be like, we're not, we're not letting you on this plane. Yeah. And then the second she walks off, like, all of her friends, I don't want to say rush up, but, like, they, like, walk up hurriedly to the front of the plane, and they start arguing with the flight attendants, saying, like, why can't our friend fly? Now, I don't know about you, Reza, but this is a Middle Eastern airline, and we're in the Middle East, like, properly. And I just feel like the rules out there are a little different, you know? Like, you're, we're all in these, like, v- like not-so-vaguely authoritarian states. And it doesn't, like, that kind of energy doesn't even work in the U.S. That, like, I want to speak right. to the manager energy. Right. Uh, and I thought that was, like, you know, the audacity to, to do that in a, in a Middle Eastern country felt, like, pretty ballsy. That's, like, some real American energy, right? It really is. No, it's stupid. It's super stupid. I mean, like... Like, you know, the, the whole Britney Griner situation, for instance, I know it's not the same country, but you're still you're you're not home. Right. You're not even close don't, to home. don't. You're not close to home. None of these places like it's not worth it. It's just straight up not worth right. it. Man. It really isn't. It's like that sign when you fly to Singapore. It's like, hey, if you bring any exactly. drugs, we'll kill you. Yes. Right. It's like, no, no, I don't care if it's CBD oil. We're going to hang you. Um, and so it got to the point where the captain comes on the intercom and goes, if everybody doesn't sit down in the next 30 seconds, I'm kicking everyone off the plane. And so their ride or die energy for their friend ended right there. They all sat down. Um, and then it was, thankfully it wasn't a full flight. We were in like premium economy. Uh, and so like Carol and I, so you remember how I told you it was a three, four, three configuration. We were sitting in the middle this time, so Carolyn sat on the uh, sat in the aisle. I sat directly to the left of her. I figured this way, I don't have anyone bothering me to like get out. If I needed to get out, I could. Um, so right. there was no one in front of me, behind me, or to the left of me, and uh, and there was one person on the opposite end of the four person row. So it wasn't like I could just like you know give Carolyn extra space. Uh, but I'm telling you, dude, it was not as comfortable. And I think there was just like, you know, we had been up for so long and we had already taken a four-hour flight at 4.30. Uh, this just felt like Boston all over again. And I was telling, you know, my friends that like, I had been in an airport every day that week. I was in, a, you know, JFK, or sorry, I was in LaGuardia Monday, 
LaGuardia and Lo- uh, Lo- sorry, LaGuardia and Logan on Monday. Logan and LaGuardia Tuesday. JFK Wednesday. Uh, with DBX in Dubai Thursday. Uh, and then Kochi Friday. And it was just like, it was just so crazy how many like, you know, air miles I had accumulated by then. Yeah. But I was not able to get enough sleep on the flight back for 13 hours. I also had the stupid, stupid, stupid thing of just overindulging on food because they kept feeding me. And it, I'm just like, a, it felt like the Manchurian candidate. If I see food coming, I'm waking up and I'm eating it. Uh, even if I'm super full. So it got to the point really? where by the time I got off the plane, I was like super nauseous, dude. Like as we were like uh, coming in for landing, I was like, am I going to throw up? That's how like badly I felt. And so I didn't eat dinner when I got home. Oh, it also took us like 90 minutes to get home because we landed during rush hour traffic in New York City, which is great. Uh, and so I didn't like my, I'll still say that like even now, a couple of days later, maybe five or six days later, um, my diet is like slowly coming back, but it's still not 100%. And the jet lag is so real. I struggle to stay awake. Carolyn's much better because she actually slept like she, like we were supposed to. She slept at like, I want to say like nine hours on the way back. Uh, yeah. And so she, her jet lag has been decently... Uh, managed overall where I mean she can also just sleep 12 hours at the drop of a hat if, if called upon but I am struggling to stay up till 9 I feel like my body is super drunk and it like collapses like I pat like I almost feel like a switch where like normally it doesn't take me a long time to fall asleep maybe like you know 2 or two to 5 minutes I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that it's a staying asleep that's the issue for me normally uh, but the falling asleep is not an issue I wake up every day, or at least the past few days, I've been waking up at 3 a.m. wide-eyed. Like, ah, it's like 10 a.m., right? No, dude. 3 a.m. Who boy. So I am usually up and out of bed by 4, uh, you know, playing Call of Duty. Uh, But, but yeah, the the jet lag is still very real. It's starting to get better. It's nice when I can stay up, you know, playing duty. I'll say duty has been a nice sort of ability for me to like synthetically push the one of the rare moments where like, oh, I need to go to bed later. Cause like if I keep going to bed at like 7 p.m., there's like no shot. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. So I try to push it to like at least midnight or even past midnight so that I can force my body to be exhausted enough to wake up at a normal time. So the other night I stayed up uh, till 2 a.m. Uh, and then, I mean, that was a mixture of like, you know, my stomach not feeling well and playing some duty, but I woke up at 6.30 and that felt like the most normal. Uh, last night I stayed up till about 11.45 and I woke up at five. And so like, okay, like slowly trying to push it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But that's the, uh, that's it. Uh, you know, we celebrated Thanksgiving really quietly in the city. Uh, you know, Carolyn made grilled cheeses. We had some pumpkin pie. It was like a really, really quiet night because, you know. Neither of us really wanted to. Neither of us could survive going home from like the whole driving when I'm super jet lagged. Uh, that doesn't seem like a good idea whatsoever. Uh, that's like a recipe for me to run right off the road. Uh, and so we we've just been at home. We we also put the Christmas tree up uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, and so it's been uh, just trying to get my body in it's good a position to survive when work starts in like twelve hours. Yeah. I'm not ready. 
I'm not gonna lie, I'm not yeah, ready. Yeah, me neither. But you know, we're adults. Like, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> so. Like, in theory, I'm 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 good. Like I, I'm, like I'm I can't wait to because Gordon's been home for what ten days in a row now, something like that, and so. It's just a long time to go without daycare when we're used to having some like off hours where we can like not hear the screaming and the and the whatever, and we can yeah. just kind of do our own thing, right? So, to that regard, I'm I'm excited, but um, yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not ready for the task that I have that I have to uh to work out. So yeah, we'll get there. But uh, but yeah, that's it. That's it for me. So I'm happy to get out of here. Thank you for. Sort of let me sort of ramble on through this entire trip. Yeah, man, no problem. Yeah, it was good to hear about it. I haven't, I haven't heard much of the, any of that. So yeah, I needed, I needed to be caught up. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here. All right. Well, I'm Russell. I'm Sandy. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see everyone next week.